great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. So thankful to have this opportunity to be with all of our listeners once again, and we're thankful that you're there. Uh, how blessed we are to be able to open up God's Word and study together so openly and freely. And we're just so thankful that we have the blessing of being able to help share, help you understand God's Word better by sharing those teachings with you on this program. We just, there's nothing more that we could, or nothing better that we could do for you than to help you learn God's Word more fully. The best guidance, the best aid to the best life that mankind has available to him in this world is the Bible. The best thing that we can do to help you live that best life with the ultimately best direction and destination, and that's heaven itself, is to teach you the Bible, what it says to you, how you can come to salvation in Jesus Christ, how you can look to God as your heavenly father and your sustainer, your guide. We want to help you. We want to help you down that road. We want to help you to that destination. And that's why we're here on Search the Scriptures each day, to give God the glory by teaching his word accurately and effectively and to help you have that eternal home with God in heaven. We want to encourage you to take advantage of our website at www.churchofchrist.com, www.churchofchrist.com. The site is filled with all kinds of teaching material, lots of sermons there that you can download and listen to at your leisure. Also, we've got a lot of the programs from Search the Scriptures. They're posted and archived. You can listen to programs that you might have missed over the last few weeks or maybe listen to a program that you wanted to hear again. Maybe you wanted to catch a point that kind of we passed over quickly and you didn't quite grasp it all or fully absorb it and you want to go back and hear it again and think about it or maybe you want to write down some of the scripture references that you missed and 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 go back and listen to it for that particular reason whatever the case they're there and you can listen to them you can receive a free bible study that we always offer on this program we'll give you the information how to contact us and ask for it at the end of the program today and that study is very basic it will help you understand about god about christ about the authority of the Bible, about heaven and hell, and about eternity and living the faithful Christian life, how you can be saved in Jesus Christ. And again, that study is absolutely free and we'll pay the postage both ways. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, again for free, and we'll take care of the postage. All you have to do is contact us and once again, we'll tell you how to do that at the end of the program today. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready and you can jot down that information and then contact us and ask for those free materials, these materials to help you study and learn God's Word more fully. And boy, that is basically what we want to try to accomplish in this program in regards to all of our listeners, help you understand God's Word more fully so that you can be better equipped to come to him through Jesus Christ, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in him openly, surrendering to him in baptism, and beginning that new life in Christ, a life leading you to heaven. Our prayers are with you, and our prayers are for you. We're going to come back to our study on anger. We've been looking at that over the last couple of programs, 
And we have been talking about how this is a difficulty, a problem of behavior that I would say probably every single one of us has experienced and will continue to experience at least periodically through the rest of our lives. Anger is something of a knee-jerk emotional reaction to a given circumstance. It could be somebody saying something to us that we take offensively or it could be somebody doing something to us that provokes us to anger or it may just be some situation that we're dealing with and maybe we're frustrated with ourselves even and we just get angry over whatever it is. And in a lot of times instead of dealing with it ourselves, we lash out at other people. People who are absolutely innocent and have nothing to do with whatever it is that provoked us to the anger, they're not responsible in any way, but they're convenient targets at that particular given moment in time, and they suffer our wrath. How sad that is. We lose control, and we end up making a spectacle of ourselves. We've looked at the basic text in this particular study in James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Now going back to verse 18, and, and how we've actually titled this particular study is a Christian perspective on anger. As Christians, how should we act in the face of provocation? Provocation that could lead to anger. Going back to verse 18, James says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, talking about God bringing us forth, the idea there is a birthing process, and he's talking about our being reborn into Christ, our being reborn spiritually. As we're baptized into Christ, we, are, we die to that old life of sin and sinfulness, Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, and we are raised up with him as we come out of the waters of baptism, reborn spiritually, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 5. We are in a very beautifully illustrative and symbolic way from a spiritual perspective, we are buried with Christ and we are raised with him in that act of being baptized. We become that new creature, that new creation, as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Well, as that new creation, that new man, that new person in Christ, we need to live in a different way, with a different focus, with a different motivation. We need to be examples to the world around us. And so we're, those kind of, we're that kind of first fruits of his creatures, of his creation. James chapter 1 and verse 18. And then verse 19 says, so then, and the idea there is because of this fact of who we are as Christians, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. We need to stop and listen and not just automatically and instinctively run our mouth. Maybe we didn't hear things properly. Maybe we need to give a little more time to digest what has just been said. Slow to speak. We need to think before we talk. 
the old adage, make sure your brain is in gear before your mouth goes into motion. Because once you say those words, they're said. They cannot be called back. Now, you might be able to apologize for them. You might try to make amends for them, but they can be very hurtful, and they can have lasting consequences, and they can ruin relationships, and they can be provocative and lead to a, an increased heightening of the situation, greater tension, and ultimately result in even more confrontation. And slow to wrath. Slow to wrath. We need to be careful to not let anger have a controlling place in our lives. Let it not be a controlling force. And then that verse 20, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. When we are out of control in anger, you can pretty much mark it down. We are not going to be acting in a godly way. Bottom line, as a Christian, we ought to be living to the glory of God. And when we have lost control through anger, how can we possibly be bringing God glory? In fact, we're probably, almost certainly, sullying the name that we wear. And that is the name of Christ. In that term of identity, Christian. The wise man in Proverbs 29 and verse 11, as we noted, boy, he, he said such good things there. A fool uttereth all his mind, or a fool vents all his feelings, or a fool gives full vent to his anger, depending on which particular translation you're, you're reading. But a wise man holds them back, or a wise man keeps himself under control under control. That's where we need to be. And that to God's glory. Now, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. If we look earlier in this particular chapter than the particular text that I want us to really zero in on, if we go back earlier in this chapter, this is part of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And when you go back to verses 13 through 16, Jesus is saying there that as his followers, we need to be the salt of the earth. We need to have a seasoning, a positive seasoning influence for good on society around us, on the people around us. And he also says that we're the light of the world and that we should let our lights shine to God's glory. So we need to be that positive example, that positive influence. Now, let's go a little further in this particular chapter and look down at verse 43. Here Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, you know, here is the superiority of Christianity. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Wow. Now those can be pretty tough words for a lot of us, can't they? 
love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Yeah, Jesus is trying to say, be the good example. Be the person of character in that situation. And then notice that he says that you may be sons of your father in heaven. And really that's a parallel principle to what James said back in James chapter 1 and verses 18 and 19. We are the first fruits of God's creatures as Christians. Because of that fact, he says, be slow to speak, be or be swift to hear, be slow to speak, be slow to wrath. Because of who we are. Because of what we are. And that's what Jesus is saying here. You need to set the example. You need to go above and beyond. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son the sun out there that gives us light, rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And by tax collectors, he's saying the sinners, the tax collectors in that particular culture of that day were looked at, down upon gravely. In fact, you'll find a number of times where the terms tax collectors and sinners are used in the same frame of reference. And so he says, here, these people who you're looking down, as, at, at, down on as some of the worst in society, they like the people who like, them, who like them first. So what reward do you have for liking people who already like you or treating people good who already treat you good? And if you greet your brethren only, verse 47, what do you more than others? For even the tax collectors do so. Well, again, you treat people right who treat you right. What kind of an example is that? Well, you might say, well, it's good. You ought to treat people right who treat you right. Okay. But that's not going above and beyond, is it? He says even the tax collectors do that. Or even, again, the lowest, as far as your concern is, in character within, the, within your society. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So you go above and beyond, you set the example, and in so doing, you demonstrate true Christianity, and you bring God glory in the process. You set the standard. You follow God's word. In Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, beginning with verse 17, the Apostle Paul counsels us on how to respond to people who may do us wrong, who may even be our sworn enemies. Beginning with verse 17 in Romans chapter 12, Paul writes, repay no one evil for evil. That's tough, isn't it? Because we think, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You spit in my face, I might punch you in the nose. You say something ugly to me, I'm going to say it right back to you and even worse. 
You curse me and get ready to get cursed back to your face. Well, that's an instinctive reaction, isn't it? And that's what we've been talking about in this particular study of not losing control and letting anger explode and take you over. So Paul says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. Now once again, as I said in our last program, as I've tried to counsel youth for many years, even my own sons, anybody can swing fists. Anybody can start cursing. Anybody can start fighting. It takes strength of character. It takes the quality of a man to sometimes just be quiet and walk away because it's not worth the confrontation. And again, it's counter to the positive example that you should be setting, especially in public. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men, Paul goes on to say. Now, sometimes we cannot live peaceably with all men because they won't let us. But as much as depends upon us, he says, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Again, counter to our instinctive, emotional response to provocation. We want to avenge ourselves so often. At least that's natural for humanity, I think. You have done me wrong. You have treated me dis despicably. I'm going to get vengeance on you. Paul says, writing to Christians, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Oh, turn it over to the Lord, put it in his hands, let him keep the score and make the final tabulation. Let him dish out the ultimate punishment or chastisement. Well, that makes sense. And then he goes on and says, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. Again, absolutely contrary, counter to what our instinctive reaction would be. What? Feed my enemy if he's hungry? I don't want to feed him. I'd be glad if he starved to death. <laughs> That's humanity speaking. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. Not out of my kitchen, not out of my cup, not out of my well. Let him die of thirst. You know, again, that's the devil influencing us and getting control of us through our emotions. Paul is saying, demonstrate that quality of character that Christianity should be. 
and thereby bring God glory through your actions and reactions. And we really need to stop and think. We ought to be people who are proactive rather than reactive. We ought to not let situations drive us, but we ought to be the driving force within situations, and the driving force ought to be for good. It ought to be positive. Now, Paul goes on to say, after he's quoting this, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. He goes on and says, for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Now somebody says, ah, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to burn him down. That's not what Paul's saying. That's not the sense of what he's trying to get across here in this message. He's, I think what he's really trying to say is, if you treat that person right, and he continues to act in the provocative way that he's doing, if he continues to be that person who is lashing out at you, who is not in control or who is trying to provoke a confrontation, well, you're treating him right. In, by his continued rejection of your good example, he's just making it worse for himself. Ultimately, and I think probably what the image is here is in judgment. He's just making his ultimate judgment from our Lord worse. And then Paul, in the closing verse in this chapter, says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. A lesson that we all ought to take, and it plays right into this particular text. How many times has a negative situation turned positive because a person refused to be provoked to the point that they responded in anger, in uncontrolled emotion? But they tried to set the example. They tried to be the good influence. They tried to be the diffusing element here. and try to calm the situation, maybe even try to do something good for a person that had treated them badly, and in that way influence that person to turn around for good. So Paul says, don't be overcome by evil. Don't let evil overcome you and suck you in, and now you become evil. But he says, overcome evil with good principle that James gets across. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So if you're living the godly life, then there's no room for evil in your life. There's no room for the devil's influence to take over. If you're walking hand in hand with God, there's the principle. Now, I thought we could finish this particular study today, but we're going to come back and finish it up next time. Really good, pertinent study for every one of us. Be sure to tune in as we continue and finish this particular study on a Christian perspective on anger next time. And jot down that information in just a moment and contact us and ask for that free Bible study. And you can also receive a copy of today's program on CD for free 
and in all cases we'll take care of the postage won't you contact us right away